Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting alongside my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, the Packers wrapped up their 2018 season on Sunday at Lambeau Field. And to be brutally honest, it just wasn't pretty. 31 to nothing, a loss to the Detroit Lions. The Packers finished the season 6-9-1. and it's one of these games that started poorly and just continued to get worse. Aaron Rodgers leaves with a concussion. Backup quarterback Deshaun Kaiser already in a 14 to nothing hole, isn't able to get anything going offensively, and the Lions just kind of kept tacking on some points here and there. And the result was actually the Lions' first shutout of the Packers at Lambeau Field since 1970. If you can Dang. believe that, yeah, wow. I actually I looked that up after the game last night. So, um, yeah, just uh, a rough way to end what had been a rough season for Green Bay. Yeah, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, Mike, and not the performance the Packers were looking for. I said in Saturday's inbox, and I mentioned it on Friday, you wanted to finish strong. It was a pretty simple mindset. You built some momentum, winning two of their last three. It was a small moral victory, but yet. You got the wins that you were looking to get. They just were not able to carry it over. And once yeah. Aaron Rodgers left the ball game, I'm not saying that that took anything out of the, the team or anything, or, or it, it, but it did. You know, I mean, you could just see there was a deflating kind of aspect to it. Clearly. To Rodgers' credit, and Corey Lindsley spoke about this in the locker room afterwards, Rodgers was, was very emotional uh, when he got taken out of the game and, and had to go back to get the concussion protocol to start that process. And Lindsley said, I mean, that really spoke volumes about him and, and to some extent this Packers season and that the game was meaningless uh, other than really draft position. That was the one thing. You're trying to build some moral victories. You're trying to get some, you know, give you something to feel good about going in the offseason. But at the end of the day in the win-loss column, it had no bearing on what things are going to look like today, whether or not the Packers won or lost that game. Aaron Rodgers, though, it was more than that to him. He wanted to finish this thing on a high note. It made David Bakhtiari want to stay on the field. Corey Lindsley played every offensive snap. Those guys were motivated to be out there, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to play well. You have to be able to win the game, and the Packers just not did not do that against the Lions. Yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of disappointment in terms of how this game went, and not not just that Rodgers left with a concussion. We haven't really been given any updates on on that um, in the concussion protocol. Rodgers doesn't speak to the media, and and there haven't uh, haven't been any discussions of uh, of how he's doing. But when you look on the defensive side of the ball, you know, we talked about it, Wes. It just it seemed like it seemed like this defense under Mike Pettin was was showing a lot of strides on a lot of progress. And granted, they're playing with a lot of young guys out there, a lot of backups, you know, reaching into the depth, but so were the Detroit Lions on on both sides of the ball, quite frankly. And it just it felt like even the defensive side, which I thought was was really the uptick for the Packers this season in, in twenty eighteen, took a step backward as well. We were seeing missed tackles and and just, you know, runs by you know, let's face it, a, a number three running back in Zach yeah. Center that he's just kind of pushing the pile and the Packers can't get him on the ground. And Detroit was really just controlling the line of scrimmage. And it was the it, it was the kind of defensive effort that we really hadn't seen because of the progress that had been made and, and just everything kind of took a step backward in this final game. I don't want to disrespect anybody because these guys are going out there, they're laying it on the line. There was a Absolutely. lot of hung, young, hungry players that were trying to prove themselves in this atmosphere. But realistically, Mike, and really the last 
45 minutes of regulation that ball game it almost seemed more like a preseason game to me it did um, yeah just with the the you know the guys that are being rotated in and you know a lot again I give credit to Capri Bibbs I give credit to a lot of these guys that that have just been came in within the last couple of weeks and have been you know thrust on the field but that isn't the way that this team was set up back in September, back in August. And unfortunately for them, just so many different dominoes happened. Now, no, don't get me wrong. Packers didn't play well. They're six, nine and one because they didn't play well. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to, you know, think that, oh, just because, you know, 15 guys ended up on IR and they went through all these things. This is why they were. Yeah. Does it affect you? Absolutely. But it's a hundred percent injury rate. As everyone always likes to say, every team deals with the Packers were not able to respond to it this season, but it is. I mean, I looked at that defensive front, you tip your cap to Tyler Lancaster, you tip your cap to Dean Lowry. Those guys stepped their game up. Lowry had the best year of his career in my estimation, Yep. but they weren't the starting defensive linemen at the beginning of the year. Kyler Fackrell stepped up, but you didn't have Nick Perry. It just—it's one of those things where it was an—it was a war of an attrition for Packers this season, and in losing thirty-one to nothing, and the end result, and what the product looked like, and the players that were available in that last one, it unfortunately for the Packers, it. it was almost, I think, to some extent, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, and even from a statistical standpoint, a big letdown finding out 90 minutes before kickoff that Devontae Adams would not be able to suit up for yeah. this Week 17 game. We had talked about it for you know all week long, coming off the Jets game when he had 11 catches. He needed two catches and 134 yards to set a couple of single-season franchise records. Certainly the opportunity would have been there, but the knee injury from the Jets game uh, just never... I don't know what you want to call it, never loosened up, yeah. never, you know, the soreness didn't go away. Obviously, the medical staff decided it was just uh, there, there was too much risk to put Devontae Adams out there in this final game as much as I'm sure he would have wanted to play and finish this thing out and try to get those records. And uh, and that was just another dis certainly disappointing footnote that, uh, that Devontae Adams wasn't able to finish a remarkable season for him in the way that he would have wanted to. Yeah, it was unfortunate because actually, you know, Adams, when he was talking to his locker on Wednesday, I mean, everybody's going to say they're going to try to play and they're optimistic, but Adams legitimately seemed like he thought he was going to be able to get through this and be out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you got to give a lot of credit to Pat McKenzie and, you know, uh, Brian Angle, everybody on the training staff side of things. They're doing the right thing for the player. You want to protect them. There's a bigger picture in play here. It's, it's not, you know, as far as win loss, there's no implications there. I'll be honest, though, I still wanted to see a quick wide receiver screen on the first play and get him <laughs> out of there. He didn't even have to catch the ball now. He could just whipped it out of bounds right away after he caught it and, and pull himself out for 112. But, um, no, nah, I mean, they're, they're not going to cheat the system. If he's good to play, he's going to play. If he's not, he's not. What a heck of a season, though, for him. 111 yeah. catches, 1,386 yards, 13 touchdowns. Um, I think if you ask... Devontae Adams, and he wasn't in the final locker room session that you and I were just a part of, but I think if you ask him, I'm guessing he's not sweating this because I think in his heart of hearts he thinks next year he's going to come back and actually top that record, maybe all three of them. Yeah, I mean, who knows? The, the, the sky's the limit for this guy in his career, certainly. Another statistical note definitely worth pointing out, Kyler Fackrell gets the sack that puts him in the double-digit category. Yeah. He finishes the season with 10.5 sacks, and um, – you know, again, as we've talked about throughout the year, a tip of your cap 
to this guy because uh, the fan base was down on him. A lot of people outside the building were down on him. He showed up in his third season. A couple of three-sack games certainly contributes a lot towards a double-digit sack season. But, hey, anybody who finishes with 10-and-a-half, that's, uh, that's something to be proud of. And, and hopefully it's just the start, just the tip of the iceberg, as they say, maybe, for Kyler Fackrell. Yeah, he said, we were, I was talking with him in the locker room, the final locker room session. Uh, yeah, he wants to do it again next season. That's already his goal. He wants to sustain that success. He wants to get better against the run. Uh, the those first, are the challenges for him now. He's the get, there, there's a standard yep. as far as the pass rush he has to set, and he knows that uh, that getting better against the run is is one of those things on the goal sheet. I do, I do think he actually improved vastly in that capacity this year. You can tell he was agree. stronger. He he held the edge. I mean, there's only you know Nick Perry to me I think is still the gold standard when it comes to holding the edge when he's healthy uh, in that capacity because he's just such a big powerful guy. It's hard to move him off the spot, but I think Fackrell at his size. Uh, with what he brings also as a zone dropper. He talked about that. I mean, one of the things I think rarely gets talked about with Kyler Fackrell's game is he might be the most natural zone blo- zone dropping uh, outside linebacker they've had. I mean, he's in the same breath, I think, with Clay Matthews in that capacity uh, when that's required of him to, to fulfill that assignment. I was asking him, though, about this because he mentioned – I've kind of sort of become the beat writer for these Mike Pettin writing down your goal things at the beginning of the season. (laughs) And it came up again. Fackrell actually did have on his goal sheet for this year what he talked about with Pettin for double-digit sacks. And Bill Huber and I uh, from Packer Report, we asked him, like, you really thought that was an attainable goal? Uh, You know, you you only had three and a half the year before. You had two, I think, the year before that. You thought that that was – he's like, absolutely. He's like, that's why they're goals. You want to set something up for yourself – that you want to strive for, regardless, you know, of whether or not it's realistic. That's what you're looking to achieve. So while it was a very difficult game on Sunday and very disappointing and disheartening to end it on that note, Fackrell said that that sack, when he got it there, that held a lot of meaning for him because it meant that he achieved that one individual goal that he had for the season. And whether or not he wants to admit it, he did silence a lot of doubters and critics and skeptics who some were clamoring, trying to say he shouldn't even be on the 53 this year. Imagine what happens if Brian Gutekunst and that coaching staff doesn't have the faith that they did in Fackrell yep. to be there. He ended up being their leading sacker in 2018. And one of only four guys, Mike, I thought this was an, a crazy stat, only one of the four individuals over the last decade that's had double-digit sacks for this defense. Yeah, yeah, the, the, list, the list isn't that long. I mean, some of those guys with the double-digit sacks like Clay Matthews and others have done it multiple, multiple times. times, and that's the new challenge yep. now for Kyler Fackrell to add himself to that list of guys who not just do it once but uh, but potentially do it again. Um, quickly here, Wes, before I forget, the Green Bay Packers get ready for game day with the powerful noise-canceling technology of Bose QuietComfort 35 Headphones 2. Learn more at www.bose.com Packers, Bose, the official headphones, of the Green Bay Packers. And at Homer here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. And I actually have a cup of that soup on my desk for you. For me, it's still there. Oh, yeah, fantastic. I received it for my birthday, but I'm willing to, you know, re-gift it if, if it's something that you want to well, have. Wow, now you've got me excited for lunch today. Yeah, so it's waiting right. for you. All right. Well, as the Packers head into the off-season, West, the big story over the next several weeks will be the new head coach and the, and the coaching search. We are going to essentially table that discussion until a head coach is hired because uh, 
we aren't going to hear from Mark Murphy and or Brian Gutekunst until that happens. It's a lot of news reports out there about requests for interviews and guys that the Packers want to talk to. I think you and I have talked before. They might interview 12, 14, 15 yeah. guys here throughout this process before it's all said and done. So um, those will be discussions for another day. But I do want to get your thoughts on just uh, exactly what went down in week 17 in the NFL with these last couple of yeah. playoff spots. We saw in the NFC, um, my prediction was wrong. I thought the Minnesota Vikings were going to find a way to steal that number six seed. But boy, that, uh, that Chicago Bears defense went into U.S. Bank Stadium completely throttled that Vikings offense. Yeah. I mean, the, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. The Packers offense playing on the road at Soldier Field looked like it had a much better shot to beat the Bears than that Vikings offense that was in Minneapolis yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do want to point out, I think I actually was right on my prediction, yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles squeaking into the playoffs. You did. You called it. The, Eagle, the Eagles get in. They take dominated. care of business against Washington, shut them out 24 nothing or whatever it was, and uh, the Eagles and Nick Foles, they are the sixth seed, and uh, Minnesota's on the outside looking in. So obviously these are professional football players, and I want to talk about the Bears here in a second. We'll get back to that. Um, I'm, I'm kind of taking this thing off the rails a little bit, but it's the end of the season. That's Let's okay. Have some fun. We're good. Uh, did you see the thing about – so Nick Foles ended up getting kind of banged up. He had a withdrawal. Yeah, like a the rib injury or yeah. something, right? It sounds like he's going to be okay. Okay. Uh, but he had to come out for a little bit. He had a clause in his contract, again, citing reports here – if he played 33% of the offensive snaps for the season, he got like a $1 million bonus. Now, hey, Nick Foles is being paid well. I- I'm not trying to, you know, no, no tears here or anything. <laughs> he was he had to go out of the game. He was four snaps away. No kidding. Four kneel downs away from being able to <laughs> to get that, to get that, to trigger that clause a in his contract. Dollars. Isn't that unfortunate? But hey. Wow. Kudos well, to him. He gets a playoff bonus now anyway. He does. He got in. Yeah, so, so, yeah, you know. here's an extra 28 grand. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> Go crazy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Foles did what he does. And he's by far going to be the most intriguing free agent this offseason. No question about because it. Because there were some questions. You know, the season didn't go quite how they wanted to out of the gate. It made it pretty clear that when Carson Wentz was back, he was going to be the guy again. But Nick Foles is reminding everybody that there's still some magic left in those beans. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see what can happen for him, especially in what is going to be a quarterback-starved market. There's going to be a lot of teams that are looking for guys. Um, so that'll be fun to watch to see where he can take this team in the offseason. Going back to the Bears. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. They remind me a lot of the Raiders from two years ago. I know the parallels there with Khalil Mack. It makes sense. But when the Raiders went 12-4, and this Bears team reminds me a lot of that. Now, Mitchell Trubisky still has some room to grow. He still has to protect the football. But they're getting the running game going now. Yeah, they are. They are getting their pass rush going now. And to go in there, you and I have been in that environment, to go in there and just extract all the energy out of that building and dominate the way they did, I know there's a lot of angry Packer fans out there, rightfully so. I get it. They're a division rival, but the Bears are playing some really entertaining football right now. Yeah, the Bears are playing some good football, and that's going to be a really good wild card matchup at Soldier Field against the Philadelphia Eagles. Quickly on the AFC side of things, really entertaining the way this thing wrapped up in the AFC North because uh, as I was sitting at my desk working on our coverage on the website post game after the loss to Detroit, I've got my phone set up next to my computer, so, you know, so I'm watching. Um, I was watching Bears and Vikings for a while, and then I flipped it to watch uh, the end of the Ravens-Browns game. And 
the Steelers who need to win and they need the Browns to beat the Ravens in order to win the AFC North and get in. The Steelers win on a walk-off field goal. Mm -hmm. And then they're showing these clips of the Steelers players at Heinz Field. They don't leave the field. They don't go to the locker room. They're out there standing on the sideline anywhere on the field with the fans watching on the Jumbotron (laughs) as uh, as the Browns and Ravens game comes to a close. The Browns are down by two. They have the ball. They get across midfield, a couple of replay reviews on receptions, catch, no catch kind of stuff. Go, Both of them go Cleveland's way, and they're about five to six yards away from a legitimate long field goal shot to win the game by one point. And it comes down to a fourth and ten. There's just a little too far for the field goal. They had to go for it. The Ravens end up getting the stop. So Baltimore wins the AFC North. Pittsburgh is uh, is out of the playoffs. I, the the drama there to me, you know, and people talk about wanting to expand the playoffs and let more teams in or whatever. The way that finished for the AFC, other than having the Ravens and Steelers go head to head for the division title, it doesn't get any better than that. I, I thought it was a fantastic, I thought it was a fantastic finish to uh, to Week 17 in the AFC. Well, and the thing I love about it too is so many fans. We dealt with this a lot in inbox. We're talking about what's the point of trying to win out the stretch. Look at what the Browns did the last yeah. month of the season. They're going to get a new head coach, it appears. I mean, I guess Greg Williams is still in that conversation. But that franchise right now, man, they are not going in next year with winning aspirations. They are going in with playoff you know, run aspirations. Oh, no question about it. Right now. They're going to be fired up. The question I guess I have for you, though, watching this game, is what Lamar Jackson doing, is that tenable? Do you think? Because I mean, he's carrying the ball twenty times a week right now. He's getting more carries than the average <laughs> NFL running back yeah. that's starting in the NFL right now. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If you want, if you want Lamar Jackson to have a quote unquote long career in the NFL, I just don't see how you can continue it's to play it. Maybe it works right now when he's yeah. a rookie and he's young. But by the same token, Wes, we all saw what happened with. RG3. Mm-hmm. He was playing the same way. <laughs> He's on the roster. And, and yeah, but suffered, you know, innumerable yeah. injuries after getting the Redskins to the playoffs his rookie year and he was the talk of the town in DC and Washington was back and all this kind of stuff, but then health-wise it didn't work out. I mean, there's a there's a huge risk to playing this way. Right now, Baltimore is playing this way and they're going to take their best shot because they have a running quarterback, they have a defense that's as good as any in the mm-hmm. league, if not the best in the league, and uh, they're going to take their chances and see what happens. And I'll tell you what, man, there is no better mid-major college offense right now than what the Ravens <laughs> are doing. I mean, it is 47 carries yesterday for 296 yards you had. Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon both had 12 carries in that game. I mean... I'm excited to watch them in the playoffs. It's, I hey, I talked on Friday, right, about hey, I want some entertaining football games to watch. You got Indianapolis squeaking in you with Andrew Luck. You yep. got Baltimore playing the way that they're playing, and Philadelphia looking to keep that magic going against Chicago. This this full first slate of wildcard matchups is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, well, right after the new year, you and I are going to do another show here on uh, probably on Wednesday, and we're going to take a look at the whole playoff picture, it. lay it all out, maybe uh, see what other terrible predictions I can make and, <laughs> and good ones that you can make here I don't for, know the, about that. for the month of January. But uh, uh, we will get to that in a couple days, and for now we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team all week long, all month long, all the way up to the coaching uh, decision on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford, at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.